0: Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. The overlap between the sexual cycle and the emotional cycle. Let's get working, Lori.
1: Good. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
0: And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist.
1: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other.
0: Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body.
1: George, we had a review, a five-star review. Thank you so much, California. And she says, you know, I have health problems and sex can be hard for me. I'm also 35 and my man is 29 years old and the drive isn't always there for her. She says sex is painful, but she believes that listening to us doesn't make her feel alone. She says, I feel you put things into perspective. So instead of making it about my health issues, I could see his sexual frustration was equally relevant. So... I thought what was great about that review is it really captured part of what we're trying to get across to people. I mean, she has body needs and physical needs. Uh, Her drive is lower. Mm -hmm. um, But she was somehow or another able to find a way through to her partner and see his needs as important, too, which was really exciting. And then we know that our emotional connection with our partner, too, is part of what makes up sex and part of what can get in the way of sex you know when we're disconnected maybe we don't want to have sex as much or maybe we want to have sex more to get connected because that's how we feel the drive for connection is more in our bodies anyway i think we got a lot to talk about here
0: i'm excited let's let's just zoom out and help our listeners get the difference when we talk about that emotional cycle You know, usually that pursuer wants to engage, wants to have vulnerable conversation, you know, feels like talking to that partner is going to kind of soothe that anxiety. Where the Mm -hmm. withdrawer doesn't want to fight, going away makes them feel safer. You know, they want to connect when things are safe, but when there's escalation or conflict, they want to pull away. Mm -hmm. So emotionally, they fall into that pursue, withdraw, emotional cycle. And oftentimes that same couple can switch sexually where that withdrawer. Emotionally, who wants space to avoid conflict, Mm -hmm. finds intimacy through sex. So they're the one who then starts to pursue and wants to be, you know, with their partner yes, and then, exactly. and then this emotionally pursuing partner sexually often feels the pressure of not feeling close and and not wanting sex when you don't feel close. So they want to kind of disengaged. and mm-hmm. you know, and so that there's often that flip between the sexual and emotional cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think as therapists, you know most of us have been trained to really focus first on the emotional cycle, that if we could really make progress and make the couple feel safer, then we could start addressing the sexual cycle, right? And I think what, what me and you have been talking about is, you know, the wisdom in that, and is, is there more room for flexibility and to really start addressing a sexual cycle much earlier?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. In our work. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I love what you're saying. It's both people have a drive in both cycles it just flips in terms of what position they are in the cycle depending on which attachment cycle we're talking about, whether it's the emotional attachment cycle or the sexual attachment cycle. Hmm. You know, often most therapists don't realize the power of the sexual cycle and how it can be leveraged to help couples change. You know, they they get the dynamic emotionally. One person's pulling back and the other person's pushing too much, but oftentimes it's the same sort of thing. But in reverse, usually in heterosexual couples, it's often reversed in the sexual cycle.
0: Exactly. So how do we help therapists really see the opportunity? And I mean, if you tap into the sexual cycle early on, you can't tap into the sexual and not have the emotional. Like, what is it like for that person who's pursuing to be rejected? Mm-hmm. What is it like for the withdrawer who's being put in a position where they're always disappointing their partner? Mm-hmm. I mean, the sexual cycle is loaded with these emotions.
1: Yes. And I think that, you know, therapists often think that if I bring up sex early, I'm going to be talking about mechanics and what doesn't work. And they're not seeing the forces at play in the sexual attachment cycle, that it that it is the way people attach. Yes. That romantic relationship, the research shows it is about emotional connection, it's also about our body sexual connection. Right, so
0: if we use an example of that traditional emotionally withdrawn male who is very hard to access, probably one of the best ways to access them is what it's like for them when they're sexually pursuing and being rejected. I mean, that's a great doorway into their emotions, Yes. right? We don't wanna wait until 20 sessions in to start talking about this part of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is a big motivator for them in relationship. This is how they are vulnerable. It's how they try to love. It's how they've been socially conditioned to, you know, literally skin-to-skin contact. It's so much more than the orgasm for most of these sexual pursuers.
1: I agree. And it can feel, um, you know, if we're not talking about it in context or thinking about it as a force that his sexual desire is actually a beautiful thing. You know, a way he wants to bring pleasure, have pleasure. He knows what it's like after they've made love. You know, for him, it's a big connector. And if we don't see it, he can look really frantic and crazy. Like, why is he always pushing, pushing, pushing? And if we don't see it as a good thing, like, oh, the the guy only wants sex. You know, all he wants is sex, which is so often the refrain of the sexual withdrawer. You know, maybe she can't see it either. She does hear the body longing in him, but she thinks it's only about orgasm, perhaps. And partly, I think it's because men who are sexual pursuers are often not as articulate emotionally. So they only initiate, they don't really express it with words, and so she does kind of get this picture of, oh, you know, he, he just wants my body. And it's like, right. he wants more than her body. He wants a connection with her. And that often makes him feel safer so that he can feel a little bit easier about opening up emotionally.
0: It's so important what you're sharing. So again, I just want to highlight it because I think for years, I too focus on the sexual cycle much later in the process. And there's a bias that a lot of us develop over time that like we can really relate to what it's like for the sexual withdrawer when they don't feel emotionally safe and the good reasons they don't want to have mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. But to balance that we really also got to hold, you know, how rejecting that could be for that sexual pursuer who this is the one area where they can actually engage and they're being shut down in it. Right. And so how do we make room for both of those emotional realities while addressing that sexual cycle?
1: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, we've got to. And couples with you know, between them have to make room for this. I think that's what our woman reviewer says, you know, somehow or another, I was able to take, I I know I've got problems, but I was able to take my eyes off those for a minute and see my partner's sexual needs as relevant. I I think that's so beautiful.
0: And I love what she's saying. Instead of seeing the problems within each individual, they're starting to spread out the problems between the dynamics in their relationship, Mm -hmm. which is You know, there's more you can change in that, which is, it's a much more hopeful message.
1: It is. I think oftentimes all of us, you know, think the problem is in our partner and it's mostly dynamic between us. One person pushes, the other person pulls away in one realm or the other. And we feel so powerless. I mean, how many times have I heard, especially men particularly say, you know, she's got all the power, you know, she, Mm -hmm. she holds all the power in the relationship because she can say yay or nay about sex. And and I can imagine, Which, you know. I and
0: mean, it's a great parallel because if they're going to see the woman holding all the power sexually, then mm-hmm. they got to see their own emotional withdrawal as also holding the power. Right. And that's the nice thing about kind of overlapping these two cycles, right? To really, to kind of help both sides empathize more because they do know both positions, you know, when they flip flop. So it might be helpful Lori just to again again show a quick example of how the two inter interlope with each other. Okay. So like let's say the male is engaging sexually trying to initiate mm-hmm. and gets shut down because the wife it doesn't feel connected so she retreats and says no. Yes. Right? That's the sexual cycle. But then that quickly leads into the emotional cycle, right? With a husband who feels shut down emotionally but doesn't have a lot of words Words. to want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So to deal with the emotion, they suppress their vulnerability. They pull away to turn down the emotion. They try to kind of compartmentalize and go put their energy somewhere else. And then the female partner feels their- Pull away pull away, right? And they get anxious because they want to connect. They want the emotional engagement. So now they start to push and say, hey, can we talk about what's going on? And now that sexual pursuer becomes this emotional withdrawal, mm-hmm. right? So within a minute, they're flip-flopping those cycles.
1: Yeah. And she she has had her own bias confirmed, right? He came to me, he wanted sex, then he just went away, because he didn't get sex right he she doesn't see how upset he is how rejected he feels yeah and then when she's pursuing him he's like you know forget it I I mean you don't see me and then she feels left and dropped and it just on and on it goes how many times do you think that repeats in American bedrooms
0: (laughs) and he gets his fears confirmed yeah. Which is, this is why you don't want to do emotions. Look, every time when you try to do emotions, you feel bad. Nobody sees it. Nobody helps you with it. And the best thing you could do is get away from the conversation. Mm-hmm. So every time they fail sexually, they fail emotionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Which is just, yeah, it's a nasty setup for both sides. And, and this is happening millions and millions of times across this globe every single day.
1: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so we got to help these people.
0: Sounds like something we should do after the
1: break. Okay, let's come back. Please use a lubricant. You know, Uberlube is the lubricant that I have been using for 20 years and recommending to clients because it is silicone based and it has a trace of vitamin E, which is actually good. There's studies out that demonstrate vitamin E oil on the vulva actually heals us. I mean, it makes it better even during foreplay, even during the time that when you're sort of getting ready for intercourse, that is the time to use Uberlube. And I just invite you to go to uberlube.com, use the coupon foreplay. That helps support the podcast. It is the best on the market. So many doctors recommend it. And I recommend it as Dr. Lori Watson, sex therapist. I had a patient last week tell me, you know what? I have used so many lubricants and all of them have some sort of irritation to my body, but this one really works. It's got a smooth glide and it doesn't irritate me the way the others do. So uberlube.com foreplay. Thanks.
0: Lori, really excited about the success and votability project where you're really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments session by session choice points why does this work what intervention are you using if it works what do you do next i mean this is the next level for therapists if you want to up your game you want to see real clinical examples you want to break down the process you want demonstrations you want teaching i mean it's all there really exciting good stuff
1: it is i love it i listen to the new modules repeatedly It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny. And they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com.
0: Okay, Lori, so how are we going to help these people?
1: So maybe we can about the four different positions and what they might say instead when they're feeling those things so Mm -hmm. you know the sexual pursuer especially if they're married to a sexual withdrawer Mm -hmm. you know needs to use a little bit more language to talk about why they want sex is what i would suggest you know i desire you i love you you're attractive and i feel so connected with you after we've had sex
0: i really want to start off with the overview of getting all four positions, you know, the sexual pursuer, which are emotional pursuer, which are, the more all the positions can start to see the cycle, right? Can start to name the cycle, to start to see that as the problem. There's a dynamics happening between the two. There's a feedback loop that is bigger than just either individual's experience. That uniting and just naming, encouraging our listeners, come up with a name, You know, here goes the merry-go-round. Here comes the miss. I had a couple, you know, had a fight at a baseball game. So they call it the baseball game. Whatever the name is, but there's something powerful about externalizing the problem and giving it a name that allows both people to unite. And maybe in the moment when they're triggered, they still can't do it. But afterwards, they can be like, we did it again. We did the merry-go-round. We did the rattlesnake again. Whatever that name is, to just start recognizing, it's a lot easier to stop blaming each other and start Mm -hmm. to blame that cycle.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So I know you've encouraged that before, and I love that. Like, here's our cycle. What Literally, what is our pet name for our cycle?
0: Yeah. It's amazing what that can do to tell people, both partners, it's not your fault. We were set up for this. We did what we do when we don't feel safe when our brains turn yellow, mm-hmm. right? Where's the grace to come back together and say, let, let's let just recognize that. We don't need to point the finger at each other. We could come back together and say, what can we do differently, right? Now we're starting to move towards that new cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So that's where we're getting to now what each of the four positions could do differently.
1: So the main thing first is they need to see that it is a cycle. Each mm-hmm. partner is doing something and not doing something that adds to the cycle and the cycle is the problem, not your partner. Mm
0: -hmm. Really good language for that sexual pursuer who wants to blame the lack of engagement or interest as the root of all the problems, Mm -hmm. right? To start to see how they communicate is often a big part of the problem,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Instead of being so critical, how can they be more positive, more patient, you know, recognize that that sexual withdrawal needs success with all of those fears and, you know, blocks that happen for them for really good reasons, right? How unfair it is to put it all on them for why it's not working. You know, when that sexual pursuer starts to have more of that grace, and it's hard to do, right, when you're rejected. We understand that, but we're Mm -hmm. just trying to give that overview of like, if you want to mathematically change this equation, you have to come to the equation with some new moves. Mm -hmm. And your new moves tend to be around being more we language instead of you language, more of that ability to to ask for help instead of just turning that into criticism.
1: Yeah, or withdraw. Right. Yeah. So what do you think the sexual pursuer then could say?
0: Hey, I'm really interested in connecting with you and I I know, you know, you have good reasons why when you don't feel close that isn't, you know, doesn't work. Hits your brakes. Is there anything I could do to make you feel a bit closer to help you with those breaks?
1: Mm -hmm. That's nice. I like that. And then what about the sexual withdrawal?
0: Right. That sexual withdrawal. Again, if the move to protect is to go away, they got to learn how to engage. They got to learn how to come towards their partner, you know, with either what's either have sex right in Mm -hmm. a way that you want that works. Or explain why you're not having sex for good reasons, like I need help with this. Either way, it's coming towards your partner instead of finding safety in isolation mm-hmm. or avoiding talking about it or avoiding having sex. Because the more you avoid it, the more you're training your body, it's safer not to have sex. <laughs> and the more it's not going to want to have sex.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what might that look like, Laura? You be the sexual witcher, or how can you engage?
1: I think that one dynamic I see in many relationships and as people start to resolve the cycle is getting what we've asked for somehow or another. We want to diminish that, you know, you ask and ask and ask your partner to bring flowers and then they do. And it's like, well, you only did it because I asked you to. So when the sexual pursuer says what you just said, you know, I know you need connection. Is there anything that I can do to give you that sense of emotional connection I think it's tempting to kind of denigrate that and say, you only want to be with me because then you can get sex. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to see the grace in our partner having listened to us Mm -hmm. and really trying, you know, putting the dots together, connecting the dots and saying, you know, I get it. You need this. I need this too. You know, both people need emotional and sexual connection And so kind of responding to that with appreciation, you know, I'm so glad you're beginning to see what I need. Uh you're right. I do kind of need more time with you. You know, I'm a little frazzled because the kids, you know, had their homework and soccer and everything, but I I don't think I'm going to have any energy left tonight. But I really do want to connect in this way. What if we set aside time tomorrow night, just you and I? You know, we'll have we'll get the kids down early, whatever, we'll have from eight to ten and both of us we won't work, we won't look at email, we won't answer our phones we'll just be together, and that will give me a sense of connection. so it is so hard to ask for what you need, and it is also so hard to accept when your partner starts to come your way
0: right Let's put a circle around this. I think this is the heart of our message here that both sides need success with their new move mm-hmm. right so this if this sexual withdrawer who oftentimes emotionally can pursue so they have words if they're just going to share their blocks and you know what's getting in the way which is great work and great sharing but the end of the day if the sharing leads to no sex then that pursuer didn't have success with that encounter Mm -hmm. right so even if you can't have sex how do you give that sexual pursuer some success Right, and that's where when you start to talk about i appreciate how you're seeing me differently i appreciate your patience i appreciate like you know that that you can still engage even if you don't want to have sex and still give that partner some success with that encounter to Mm -hmm. me that's the simplicity of what we're trying to do here it's not about having to have sex it's about having both partners have some success in a conversation Because that's what trains us to want to have more conversations.
1: And the beautiful thing about that is when they do have success in that conversation, voila, there's also emotional connection. Yes. There's safety. It's like, okay, we're talking about the real stuff. We're not avoiding it. I can understand you. Even though you may disappoint me, I can understand you.
0: Yeah. I mean, if my partner, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me, that's not going to feel great. But if she could explain that, you know, why she's not. And I'm doing a terrific job making her feel safe and being able to talk about this and how appreciative she is at that. Like, that feels good for my body. I am still getting connection. If I'm not Mm going to have sex, then let me have success with the emotional cycle, Mm -hmm. right? It's like where couples fail is they they fail with both cycles simultaneously. We're not going to have sex. And then I'm going to go away and shut down and hide my hurt because Mm -hmm. I've been trained my whole life to do that. So now I fail with both cycles simultaneously mm-hmm, right and so does she and that's what's so tragic with so many couples that even if you're failing with one you can still have success with the other
1: yes and i think we should say a word about pursuers who are congruent who are both sexual pursuers and emotional mm-hmm. pursuers and their partners who are congruent who are emotional mm-hmm. withdrawers and sexual withdrawers you know because there isn't quite the same sense of balance we talked earlier just about power you know, it's like you know. Sometimes I think it, it does feel like one of or the other partner has power, but the balance is usually okay. One's a sexual withdrawer, and the other's an emotional withdrawer. They don't see how they contribute to the problem. Yeah. But when you're both and both, what do you suggest? How do we get through that?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit more entrenched. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's we have to slow down that cycle, help both sides Mm -hmm. really see the other perspective because it's so alien, Mm -hmm. right? If you're a sexual withdrawer and emotional withdrawer, there's so much fear that blocks the engagement, and so much safety that comes from not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard to see what that does to your partner or to feel like your partner understands. That going away isn't rejecting other partner; it's just a move towards safety. Mm-hmm. Right? That's they're like speaking different languages to each other.
1: Exactly. The fear about engagement and the safety in going away. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I always wonder about is connection is so human, so natural. How in the world did this person find safety in disconnection? I know that you know my husband and I talk about it a lot. He's congruent. I'm congruent in those cycles. And I mean, it's been a lovely exploration as we've grown together. Um, You know, he's really been able to talk about why those positions, especially earlier in our marriage felt safe. Mm -hmm. And as I hear that, first of all, of course, him telling me his engagement, right? It's like, this is everything I've ever wanted for him to talk about it. And it's made some more sense to me. It's made it so much less personally rejecting. You know, nice. because he's been able to describe what was going on inside him, why he drew back. You know, and also I think we've grieved that together. You know, we've right. talked about kind of the losses that we had and because of that. And also, you know, for me, as a pursuing partner, how, how anxious I became, you know, how everything in the relationship got colored with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always about that. You know, and I can imagine living with that on a day to day basis is frustrating. Sure. You know, it's like this flurry over here that you just, you know, you don't know what to do with anyway. So, more reason to pull back.
0: Absolutely. And that's the whole key of this episode, right? We don't f- always fall neatly into the same cycles all the time, mm-hmm. but there is always some cycle, some interdependency. And the more you take some time to notice what that is, and you can name it, you can take it less personal. Couples who take each other's moves less personal have more space to be able to come up with new moves. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of the cycle, Lori.
1: Yeah. It was helpful. Thanks for listening.
0: Keep it hot, y'all. Hey, Lori, I want to give a quick shout out to Julie Menano. She's been a big help on Instagram. She's got an amazing thing happening with the secure relationship. Such awesome advice for couples. So practical and tangible and a huge success is, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And she's been a great support for her foreplay. And we just want to help our listeners, you know, get some great information out there.
1: Yeah. Julie runs the secure relationship Instagram account And it is filled with great pithy shorts, you know, on a post about how to relate. I mean, she does so much and she's so helpful. I mean, she's also got a book coming out that is kind of about these tips that she gives. And then she's also doing a book on how to really reach secure attachment as a couple. So we want to direct you to the secure relationship It's an awesome place. I mean, right now I'm looking at one of her posts. It's called The Relationship Tip. And she basically says, you know, partner one, partner two, and how they get stuck in a trap and what to do instead. And all of these, every single one I read, and I read all of them, really relates to our lives. And we want to thank you, Julie, for your support for us. And we want to direct our listeners to your account because you're doing some good work out there, girl.
0: Keep it going. Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old.